afternoon and welcome to the first edition of Blue Noise, our Birmingham Live, Birmingham City podcast. Um, myself, Alex Dickin and Shane Ireland are in the studio today and we are going to be discussing new Birmingham City manager, Gary Monk. Uh, welcome Shane. Yes, we are indeed, aren't we Alex? How are you doing today, mate? Alright. I'm good, thanks. All right, we'll get straight into it. First, before we start, we're going to talk about the, uh, the podcast itself. Um, Blue Noise, we've taken a little while to get off the ground, but uh, we're hoping to bring some really interesting uh, features and interviews uh, over the coming months and years and whatever, what have you. Uh, it's going to be a once a week thing. Uh, myself, Shane um, and a couple of others of our Birmingham City uh, writers and whatnot are going to be on the podcast regularly. So uh, we hope you enjoy it. And this is our first effort, uh, which is based around new Birmingham City boss Gary Monk. Um, so Monk signed a three and a half year deal on Sunday, Sunday evening, quite late, uh, uh, replacing Steve Cottrell. Uh, firstly, can we start with Cottrell? And um, how did you see that kind of um, events kind of going? Was he right to lose his job? Um, yeah, well, I think kind of with Cottrell, the writing had been on the wall for several weeks. And in my personal opinion, I was quite surprised that he kept his job as long as he did. Um, the relationship with the fans had just become... Um, Toxic. It was just, just so much vitriol at the end. It was it was clear to see that he was never going to win them over. Um, you know, the fans have, have, have had a lot to suffer um, certainly in the last one year, yeah, eighteen months. Um, and yeah, I think it was the right decision. Um, you hope now that there's enough of the season left for Blues to turn it around um, under the new manager. And um, Gary Monk, uh, it's obviously his fourth job in management. He's had Swansea. Uh, kept them up in the Premier League, mm-hmm. uh, did quite well, and probably in a lot of people's eyes, unfairly sacked. Yeah, um, he's had Leeds for a season, uh, done really reasonably well there, uh, almost got them into the playoffs. I think missing out on goal difference yes. last season, and Middlesbrough this season spent a lot of money in the summer, and uh, probably paid the price in December when they were, I think, ninth and yeah. not in the top two as everyone expected. Yeah. Um, looking at Monk himself, do you think he's a good fit? Um, yeah, I, I think Blues have done reasonably well actually with the disappointment. Um, it comes at a time, you know, we get to the business end of the season now. There's not, there wasn't a huge amount of options out there for Blues, um, and I think kind of among the fans and and, and probably in, in the football club as well, he was pretty much viewed as the best candidate, and, and I'd, I'd go along with that. And you hope there's enough time for him, as I said, to get his ideas across to the players. It's obviously going to be difficult, but I think they've got a fighting chance now under certainly a better manager than Cottrell. Um, obviously it was Monk's first uh, press conference this week and we are going to hear a little bit from the manager now um, he speaks quite quite openly and freely about laying foundations at Birmingham City which um, hasn't been the case under the last uh, two, three managers at least um, so it's, let's, let's listen to what he's, uh, what he's got to say at his first presser Skiing right, okay. and, uh, You're going to criticise my technique now? No, no, I couldn't I'm I not do. very good myself <laughs> but uh, I just... What was that like? And also, if, if Birmingham City was a ski run, I mean, this is a pretty tough one, isn't it? <laughs> Look, it's um, using your time when you're out of work to, number one, is to try and progress. You saw the other things I was doing, but um, that was part of spending time with the family. So um, that was a family holiday that we saw, even though you only saw myself. I was t- trying to make out I was the best, but the family are better than me. But um, look, today's about Birmingham and excited to be here. And, yeah. Looking forward to the challenge. Yeah. Is it important, uh, given the pressures of the job, that when you are when you are out, you make, you make the most of it and yeah, definitely. Of it? And I think, as you probably saw if you watched that, um, the other things I was doing, which is the majority of the time, um, yeah, it's all always about that. So the first thing you do is you know, review what you've done from before and assess that with your staff and, and those things yourself, and then 
It's about that self-improvement, going out there, speaking to people with good experiences, not just from football, but from other sports, and try and gain an edge there and see if there's something that you can work with. And, and the thing is using that time effectively rather than sat around feeling sorry for yourself and you know, I'm not that type of guy. So, um, yeah, going out there and getting that experience. And then when the next opportunity comes, being ready. And, yeah, that's something I said. What are the sports, Gary, being sort of you've been looking at? Well, as I said, I've got some good friends within professional rugby game and national setup, so we're going to see them. Um, I was actually due to go and see Eddie Jones on the 13th of March right. in England camp, obviously. That's yeah. changed now. Um, um, obviously, snooker, people that I know very well in snooker, tennis, um, those type of of sports as well and then obviously he's trying to study other ones it's not always physically being able to get to them but studying them and yeah. seeing different people and what sort of names in snooker who you who you friends well, i've got a good friend back in in swansea i won't name him because he'll kill me for naming him but um he's basically um he's good friends with with all the professionals right from, from old and from before and yeah i was actually at the crucible um in sheffield the last time and yeah. I've got managed to meet quite a few of them and speaking through them, you know, contact-wise through them and speaking to guys that are in the game. That, that, that side of it was more from concentration and psychology, really. I was going to ask you, actually, well, physical. What, where's the parallel? You know? No, it's just the psychology of it and, and the concentration side of it. Yeah. It's, it's not necessarily you're going to take anything from it, but if there is something in there in terms of that, that side of it, because okay. that's a very mental game, and yeah. you know, it's, it's just trying to broaden your horizons. It's not that you... Yeah. You're going to take specific things or anything, but is there something that you can relate to football? And, and that's what it's about, isn't it? And you take that into management. You yeah, can, it's about can you take that into, yeah. into your further development and, and maybe use certain things that you maybe you didn't know before and those techniques to, to maybe implement it. Yes, you probably have to change it a little bit but to implement it in football, mm. but can you do that? So it's, it's about challenging I mean, it's a, yourself like that. It's a modern way of thinking, isn't it? Yeah, I think you have to. I think this day and age, there's a lot of difference in players now than there, all, there were before. Yeah. Um, a lot of times before that self mentality was there mm. uh, now that mentality is, is not so much there from the modern day player you have to try and help them develop it so psycholo really? psychology plays a big part yeah. in it okay why do, why do you think that is then the, the mentality maybe has dropped off or changed well, I, just, or I don't think it's i don't think it's just football i think it's society i think society now is you know it's different now there's a lot more technology out there the days of not having any technology and you're going out and you're playing football every night and, and you, you know all those things you're on the streets with your friends and all these things that's changed in society so I think the mentality of, of the younger generations is, is different to what, what my generation was or generations before. So um, it's about trying to help them with that. And, and when you come into football now, there's a lot more influence around them than what I had. There's influences directly with them. There's influences from the from the media, from the outward, from the fans, and all these things. And I think, you know, because there is so much more of that, there's a lot more going on in their head than, than we think like about social media. Yeah, all, the, all of those, all all of those things. You yeah. know, there's a lot going on now in, in a player's life and, yeah. and what surrounds him. So it's trying to make them fo focus and understand what is important and, okay. and mentality-wise what they need to do. Would he look to rearrange to go and see Eddie again? You know, just, that's just postponed. Yeah, possibly. Cancels, yeah. yeah, possibly. Yeah. But look, it's if anything, I'm, I'm not even thinking about any of this and just focused on, on Birmingham. We've got 11 games right now. We understand the, what we need to do and what we need to try and do. And yet, as I said in the, in the press conference, there's no magic wand, but I think coming in with some clarity and, and certain things that we can address right now and, and, and look to see those improvements on the pitch. The capabilities of the squad is clear for me um, and the quality that's in there, that it shouldn't be in the position they're in, but they are. We have to face the reality of that, but I do believe with, with some help and and obviously their commitment. One thing I noticed today as well was their honesty and commitment, which was, was great to see. And of course, we have to lift that confidence. Results will always be the, the be all and end all of, of the ultimate confidence. But if we can do enough in the meantime to give them that chance to show what they're capable of, 
I think they can do they can do well with it. How do you? I mean, you just mentioned the squad there. It's, it's made up by a lot of managers, different managers, players. I think it's four at the minute. I mean, how, how do you sort of view that in terms of sort of the dynamic and mm. the, the depth of it and everything like that? I think. As I said to them today, and, and very much the feedback from them as well, right now we have to be as one. It doesn't matter what position you are, where you're from, what player you are, what type of character you are. It's about everything together. We have to get that togetherness and we have to connect everything. You know, We have to connect. And that's down from the staff at the club, from everywhere, to the players themselves, to me directly and, and to our fans. We have to connect that. It's the only way that we're going get, to get through together. And that was part of the appeal. I've seen at big clubs when... The terraces are connected with the players, the players are connected with everyone around the club, it's very much together. It can be ferocious, it can be a massive, um, especially at home in St Andrews, a big club, historic club, it can be ferocious for away team. So that's part of, part of the work we've got to do. I'm not saying that's going to be an instant, but in terms of, of the demand of what I've seen big clubs do before and you would have experienced it yourself. I've mm. been here before when it's, mm. it's been that hostile and it's mm. been that passionate and I've seen the team thriving off that and connecting them with the fans. and. You know, I had a, a good experience recently at Leeds with the same situation, taking a fractured club that was very disconnected across all the boards, and we managed to put it into a situation where, you know, everything was connected. The fans were right behind the team. There was a connection from the team to the terraces and terraces to the team and, and everyone at the club. So that's the ambition, but that's not a quick fix. That's not something. Is that experience what gives you the belief? I mean, that's we understand too. Like I said, we've sat here a few times in recent, recent times and heard managers say long-term project, is that what gives you the belief that you can book the trend of, of managers coming and going here, the fact that you've done it before at Leeds? Yeah, you have to believe in yourself and yeah, from that experience as well. Um, I'm not naive, I understand football, I've been in it long enough that yeah, I could sit here and talk to you about a five-year plan or a six-year plan, whatever it may be. I understand the reality of it. The reality right now is, is these 11 games, but I, I truly believe coming here that with the capabilities of that squad and of course it's not going to be easy. There's no guarantees with anything in football, but I do think that with the work that we can do with them, we can put them in a better place and we can give them the opportunity to, to do what we need to do in these 11 games. And then going forward, I think there's big room speaking to the owners and the ambition that they have and, and seeing it in their eyes. You know, often, you know, the person that kind of can see character in their eyes and, and how it is, and I judge it on that. I don't judge it off what other people's opinions are, and I try and I can see that there's an ambition to make it something good. and. That's what you want as a manager, but I can't sit here and say to you, I'm going to be here five, six years and we've got a certain plan, but of course, working short term, but with the idea that you could change many things at this club. Look at the last two seasons, it's been really difficult for the club. I think the only way is up for the club. You talk about playing Middlesbrough tomorrow and I just wondered how you look back on those days because you did, you were sacked after a victory and you were ninth in the table. So I just wonder if you know you feel maybe you were hard done by that. No, look, it, I said at the time, look, it was a surprise to me at the time, yeah. um, especially with the internal talks that, that we were having and, and how I thought it, I saw it. But listen, every owner has yeah. the right to make whatever decisions they want they want to make. Um, sure. you know, that's the nature of the business. Sometimes it can be unjust, sometimes it can be fair, but that's the nature of the business. But look, that time's done. I'm not. Okay. You know, uh, there's no bitterness towards from my side of things towards anything I think you just take those experiences and you make good with them and, yeah. and take them into your next your next opportunity and, and, you, and try and do best with it so um, look it, it's, it's happened it's what it was uh, yeah. I said it at the time Yeah, yes it was a surprise I didn't see that one coming but mm. it is what it is you have to yeah. move on quickly and focus again and, and now I'm here at Birmingham that's, that's all I'm, I'm interested in Did you part on good terms and have you spoken to anyone? No look you, you know you're, you're mid-season you, you're not 
you have to let them get on with it. You know, they've changed what they want to do and how they want to do it. Yeah, they have the right to do that. You just let them get on with it and, and you move on. And um, but I had a good relationship with everyone. And um, yeah, but they're in the middle of the season, so they, you let them get on with it or crack on with it, as you say. And, and like I said, that I've been using my time to focus on myself and, and get myself right for the next opportunity, which is right now. Were you interested in any quick wins in the last 24 hours of the time you've been looking at Birmingham? Have you been able to identify any quick wins and maybe have a few percentage points on, on the pitch? You can never identify quick wins in this league. Um, but no, in, in, ter in terms of little, little improvements that you can make yeah. that will have a big improvement. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, I've, look, I've seen a lot of of Birmingham this season. Obviously, I played them earlier in the season, so we watched a lot of games from them earlier in the season as well. Um, and of course, it's been a quick turnaround. But in terms of watching the games more, you know, more recent games, I've done as, as much as possible. And, and um, I have a good idea from the, the players that are here anyway, from seasons gone past as well, what they're capable of and what they can do. And yes, there's things that I feel I can address. We've tried to address a, a few of them today. You can't do all of it in one day. You can't do it all of it in one week. You have to make the players, you don't want to overload them, but you want to try and simplify for them. And, um, the biggest thing of all is, is right now is it needs commitment and it needs fight. That has to be number one. It needs that from everyone. The players need to show that. I'm sure they will. I'm confident they will. Staff, fans, all of us connected, it needs to show that fight. And that's why I come here as well. I can, I've seen this club when it's done that. And it needs to be that again. And everyone needs to do that. But then, of course, from a tactical point of view or technical point of view, whatever you want to call it, um, there's certain things, yeah, that we, we, we've already tried to address and, and give the players an idea to take that onto the pitch. But we're talking about one day, so it is a process. But we understand that. And, you know, number one is the fighting commitment right now, what we need to see tomorrow night. Welcome back. Some interesting thoughts from Gary Monk there. Um, it, it almost, Shane, it almost seems like um, Blues have gone back to the kind of Gary Rout thing. Gary Rout kind of had all, all this control at Blues when he was there before he was sacked. Um, and Monk seems the sort of manager who's going to have similar amount of control, if, if he's there in the long term, uh, to kind of, kind of work his own thing and not be so... Um, He's almost a long-term manager, not the short-term, which is what Blues have had in the last five, isn't he? Yeah, totally. Um, obviously, we don't always like to go on about Gary Rowett, but sometimes we have to. Um, the obvious parallel is that he's a young manager with what are kind of seen as fresh ideas in certain quarters of the game. Um, yeah, and obviously, the hope is that he is allowed to, to build something. Um, we've, we've been discussing a lot in the last week the record of Trillium Trophy Asia and how they've um, sacked managers, and, you know, how many managers they've gone through already. Um, and it's uh, you know it's a job that I can see I can see that a manager will probably be put off um, mm. and, and you yeah. know there's hardly any security certainly from what we've seen in the last season yeah but you know the hope is that of, of course the monks are allowed to build something but they've got to stay up first and I think that's that is a big task straight away the average the average lifespan of a Birmingham City manager since Raoul Saki has been five months exactly what, what leads us to believe that Monk will be mm. any different. What does lead us to believe that it would be any different? It's, it's, it's difficult to say that, isn't it? Mm. Um, you, the hope is that they stay up and then he's allowed... I wouldn't say he was allowed to spend his way to, to doing something because I think the owners might have reservations over doing that again after what we saw in the summer with the massive spending. But he's a young manager and he, he very much has his own kind of philosophy in the way of looking at the game. And um, it's it's an interesting appointment in that sense that they've clearly gone for a long term appointment as opposed to the red nap last season that was your end of season keep us up. Obviously, he ended stay ended up staying, but the thought at the time wasn't that he was going to end up staying. You know, he's going to keep us up, and then we'll go from there. 
but you know, it's, it's all about time, isn't it? And it's so difficult to predict what, what will happen. Aside from the obvious, which obviously is keep Blues up, um, I'm going to ask you first, like, what, yeah. what, if, if Monk could do one thing between now and the end of the season, perhaps, apart from obviously keep them up, uh, what would it be? One um, thing. It, it would be, aside from um, getting, get, you know, uh, getting confidence into players from a tactical point of view it'll be scoring more goals mm, um, yeah. quite simply uh, Blues have struggled for that struggled to do that not just recently but in, in, in years to be fair even under Gary Rowett they were never a free scoring side there are, there's a few technical players there now Boga Magoma and certainly Yotta. and particularly Yotta, you hope that he's going to have a new lease of life under Monk I think going forward, having a bit more conviction in the final third and just more options, more ideas, more players hungry looking for the ball, I think that could make a huge difference to Blues. I think, yeah, like you said there with, with Hotter, I think for me, the the key thing that I'd like to see Monk do and uh, would, would be to get the best out of Hotter because we've, yeah. we've seen so little of him really in a blue shirt. We have, yeah, and, and it's, it's such a shame after you know they paid the big money for him and he, he'd done so well at Brentford. Mm. He could have made so much of a difference. They've been crying out for, I know... He's not exactly the similar kind of player, but when, when Terrell has gone, they still haven't replaced with, with, a, with a good fit at number 10 who's always firing it. And the hope was that Yotta could, maybe not at number 10, but at least be the player behind the strikers who could do something. And we're yet to see that at the moment, but I, you know, I, I think Monk will improve him a lot as a player. Well, Monk, Monk actually admitted to trying to sign him yeah. um, at Borough over the summer. Obviously, he never really got down to the stage where he was, he was set to sign, but um, they definitely looked at him and they wanted to sign him. Um, and it was interesting to see Hotter in, his, in Monk's first game how he kind of um, took on the role of the, the record sign and whatever yeah. and actually started to kind of control games in a way we haven't seen from him before yeah he was very much the creator um, in, in, that, in that first game you could tell that the players had possibly been told to pass it to him a bit more mm. and yet he had a lot more of the ball he was combining a lot more with the players around him um, which he hasn't done really at all um, for, for Blues yet but it looks like he'll be given a much more important role in the Monk and much kind of a focal point with which to round to, to build the team, pretty much. Right, we've said our bit, so we're now going to get the thoughts of the uh, Teesside Gazette uh, and we're going to speak to Jonathan Taylor. Um, so just looking back at Monk's time at, uh, at, uh, at Borough, um, what would you kind of, how would you assess it and was he right to be, were they right to sack him? Um, I'd say it was... It was disappointing, to be honest. Um, I thought that the why, you know, the, the general opinion, I think, when he was appointed um, at, at the beginning of the season was that he was the right man for the job. Because he, he'd come from Leeds and obviously he did a, a very good job there. I mean, anyone that, anyone that kind of survived the season under Massimo Cellino seems to have done a good job. And I know that it finished in disappointment for him, but I think that generally there was an acceptance that... Um, Gary Monk kind of brings a certain style of play, an attractive style of play, obviously from the school of Swansea. Um, and that's what everyone kind of expected. Um, he spent an awful lot of money at the beginning of the season at Borough, um, you know, more than £40 million. Pounds. I think 10 players came in. Um, but it was just from from there on in, it, it almost seemed like he had too many um, options. He just didn't know what to do. Um, the squad that he assembled was a little bit top-heavy. There was probably two too many strikers and not enough wingers and the alarm bell started going off the week before the season started because all the way through pre-season he played um, he played a certain system and then in the, the final friendly game it was against Augsburg the German side he switched the formation mm. which is an odd thing to do the week 
with full season starts. And then he started the season, obviously, with that kind of 4 3 3. And it was just muddled, and muddled's the word, really, that, that describes it this time. I mean, he never really um, came across a, a system that he was happy with. He tinkered with that almost by the week, never found a, a starting 11 that he liked. Um, he, he swapped the, the key components of the team. Um, you know, centre back and central midfield. He swapped that virtually every week, and if you're not getting results as he didn't, um, that kind of creates a little bit of a perception amongst the fans that you don't actually know what you're doing or, or what your what your best team is. Um, and as results kind of took a, a little bit of a nosedive, there was a there was a weakness about Borough, and every time that uh, opposition manager was talking about coming up against Middlesbrough, they all alluded to. You know, we know what Borough's weakness is. Now, I know it's like, you know, it, it, you always hear that before a game, but actually, you know, most Saturdays, teams were were finding that weakness. You know, defensively, Borough, down the years, especially with Aitor Karanka um, in charge, they've had the best defence in the Championship, bar none, um, mm-hmm. even in the Premier League last year. They were excellent at the back. And almost overnight, it seemed that Monk had tried to do a little bit too much. He tried to make too... Bigger, bigger changes in key departments. Um, soon as the results went, I think the only surprise about him being sacked was that it came hours after the Sheffield Wednesday game. Mm, the only, yeah. I, were, I actually don't think there could have been many eyebrows raised if he'd been sacked the week before, um, which came after a defeat at Millwall, where the Borough were typically intimidated, um, you know, outplayed by a, a team who were then in the table. And equally, a couple of weeks before that, I think they went to Bristol City and that was live on the telly and they got comprehensively outplayed live on Sky. I think that that moment really, for a lot of the fans who you know, had seen nothing but disappointment really at the Riverside, home performance had been poor. That was the moment where they started to think, I don't know if this guy knows if he's got a blueprint of how to deliver promotion. There were 12 points off the top two. They spent an absolute fortune, the most expensively assembled championship squad ever. Um, and they were, they were way off. Um, so I, w- I wasn't surprised about the timing of him being sacked after the win, but not that he was sacked. You mentioned um, how much money he spent, and uh, I th- we think a lot in the summer, obviously, if he, if he keeps them up and gets to that point, that because uh, they've sat the director of football and uh, the guy who was um, uh, Darren Dean, who was kind of helping along with transfers in the summer, uh, they're both not involved anymore. So we think he's going to have the main say. Um, from what you've seen at Borough, uh, would Blues be right to trust him to have to spend money? I don't. I mean, he spent a, an awful lot of money. Um, I don't think that he bought badly, um, mm. and that sounds a very f- strange thing uh, to say for a side that kind of he he was accused of, of trying to change too much. But actually, the players that he brought in were good players. You know, you're looking at the likes of Cyrus Christie, um, you know, an experienced championship right back came in. You know, Johnny Housen is experienced as the coming central midfield. Britt Sombalonga, you know exactly what you're getting with him in this level. Mm. So the players that were bought on the whole, um, you thought, yeah, I can see why he's gone for that. I can see why he's, you know, especially after relegation from the Premier League, he, he, he's going for tried and tested in this division. So I understood why he, he did that. The surprise was that, especially for a manager who um, you know, was captain in his playing days at Swansea, clearly he's a, he's a motivator, he's a leader. His inability to gel a team together um, was really surprising. And you know, as he continued to tinker with, you, know, you were looking at probably four or five 
first team players outside of the 18 week on week and you know overnight you could you could be in the 11 to out of the 18 yeah mm-hmm. you know overnight so that was the worry I, I don't think he bought badly i just think that he bought um, a couple of the wrong players he bought certainly bought a, a striker too many i mean uh, and he didn't quite um, solve the problem on the left hand side which still you know Borough have still been short of a winger. They still haven't properly replaced Albert Doma, um, who obviously went to Villa. So while I don't think he bought badly, I think that the his failings were more um, getting the team, getting those players into a system that he um, that, that could win games in the championship. I think that was more the problem rather than him, him spending the money itself. Welcome back for a second time, and we're now going to put Shane's uh, Gary Monk credentials to the test. Oh, are we really? <laughs> yes. A quick then. quiz, which I'm, sort, I'm sure the people listening along at home will will uh, want to get involved okay, in as I well. Know the answer's more than I do, yeah. Um, well, you, you should know. You've done enough on Gary Monk <laughs> the last few days. So. I have. Um, five questions. Stop trying to peek round. You're not going to see them. <laughs> um, okay, so first of all, what is Gary Monk's championship win percentage? Obviously, been at Leeds oh, and wow. Borough, now Blues. Um, are we going on league games only? League games only. Okay. I'm going to confess that I, I wrote this piece. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> so we've found a serious flaw yeah, in the quiz. I, I, wrote, I wrote this piece, but I can't remember. <laughs> um, I think it's about 40... Is it about 45 in league games? Not according to the man Brian Dick. According to Brian Dick, it's 52. Oh, well, exactly. Bang on. Okay. Brian's right. Okay, this is a bit, bit of a tricky question, this one, the second one. Okay. Uh, Gary Monk has played for seven teams. Yeah. Can you name them all? No. Um. <laughs> Look, I'll give you a mark. We'll give you a mark for naming one or two, whatever. Okay, he's played for uh, Swansea. One mark. Um... Shane, put your phone away, please. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, he's better for Swansea. Just, just throw a few guesses. Just throw um, a few teams out there. He's played for uh, Barnsley. Correct. Um, oh, God, see, this is before my time. Give I, up. I'm only young. You have Give to remember up. that I'm young. I don't, two out of seven. Two out of seven, yeah. That's, yeah, it's that's all right. Impressive, it's not bad, it? not yeah. bad. So impressive. Uh, this is an interesting one. What's uh, what's Gary Monk's middle name? I don't know. Alan. Alan? Yes, uh, Alan. I, I probably would have guessed that after a few, um, a few goes, you know. He looks like an Alan. Does he? No, he, looks like, he very much looks like a Gary, but if you... Alan suits him, I think, as a middle name. Fair enough. Um, his first match as Borough manager yeah. ended in a 1-0 defeat, but who to... Back in August. Back in August. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's 23 teams. Villa. Nope. Wolves. Wolves. Close, close. Close. Monk's first match, the final match as a player, came against Blues in a League Cup tie. Goal score. You can ask him goal score. No, no, no. What was the final score? 3-1. Oh, he's got it right. Uh, Adi Amy, um, Dan Byrne, Somebody else. <laughs> it was three one. Solid effort. Solid effort. Yeah, a few few brownie points. So, so what did I get? Uh, so you got the first one wrong. You got two on the second. Yeah. You got three. Three. That's three out of a possible <laughs> eleven. Oh, okay, <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, not a bad effort. I'm sure people listening at home did a lot better than that. Yeah. I but think they um, but yeah. So um, going back to Gary Monk uh, in a serious way now. 
Um, the, the fractured relationship between the, the manager, the last couple of managers, well, not Harry so much, but Zola, uh, yeah. Cottrell, and, um, and the fans. Yeah. How does Gary Monk, he's mentioned the fans quite a lot in his first, in his first few interviews and whatever, how does yeah. Gary Monk go about kind of repairing that relationship and striking up a rapport with the Blues fans? Yeah, you just mentioned he was quick to um, talk about the fans, talk about the, the passionate kind of backing in his first press conference and that. Um, and I think it, it probably isn't too difficult for Monk to, to uh, certainly strike up a relationship with the fans just because of how poor the relationship was with the last manager. Um, obviously the results were poor in the cultural, but he, on a couple of occasions he committed the cardinal sin of appearing to uh, criticise the fans. He, he didn't say it plainly, but it was clear that that's sometimes he alluded to the criticism of the fans. Um, that's just something you, you, can, you never recover from as a manager. The supporters who who are going, you know, are paying money, paying a lot of money in some cases to watch what is poor performances, and they won't forgive you for criticising them because they don't deserve to be criticised. Um, yeah, so Monk was quick to, to speak about the fans. I think just staying up this season will, or that'll bring, you know, the fan that, that brings the fans on side. That's a massive thing to do, and a little run this season. You know, a win that then they didn't expect. Maybe beating mm. Cardiff, yeah. beating Wolves, something like that. I think that's something that will give him a, a big boost straight away. His name's Gary with two R's. It is, yeah. Uh, he does like the odd uh, shirt and jumper combo. And does, his yeah. birthday was yesterday, which yeah. was, uh, mm. sorry, March March 6th. Um, yeah. The same day yeah. as a certain yeah, certain Gary Rowett. He did. Are there similarities there? Um they're both well, Gary. They're both young. They're both English, and they share a birthday. And they have both been managed for Birmingham City. I'm not sure there are quite the similarities that, that people think. But in terms of his appointment and the way it's going, you know, you hope there are similarities mm. because Rowett did well in terms of turning a team that had no confidence around. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Did the similarities go particularly far other than that they're both young? If Monk was 16, no. what would we say? They were similar? Probably not. I think from the teams, the times I've watched um, Monk's teams over the last couple of seasons, I've always thought they've they've probably tried to be a little bit more progressive than yeah, Routes' teams. I, I think so, yeah. Um, probably play out from the back a little bit more. Yeah. Um, whereas Routes quite very much win, his, win at all costs, isn't yeah. he? Um, so I think Blues fans, I think there's going to be a balance because I remember the idea of bringing Zola in was so that they could play this free-flowing football. Sure. Blues fans don't need that, they don't want that necessarily, they just want to win. Yeah. And they want a team that's going to go out there and give it to all. And I think Monk's kind of hit the nail on the head in his first press by saying that that's kind of first and foremost, he wants players to crawl off the pitch. Yeah. Um, and they, they, they haven't done that this season. No. They haven't. Exactly. And it's time to do it now because he hasn't. You know, for whatever philosophy he's looking at long term, he doesn't really have time to put to do no, that no. now, does he? Because it's no. so close to the end of the season. It's, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I obviously really hope he does well. Um, how, if we're looking now to finish, how, how, what what would what would be success in in Gary Monk's time at Blues? What, where do you want to see them in a year from now? Provided he keeps them up, what would you want to see? A year from now. Yeah, so transfers the um, lot. What would you want to see? You know, I, I wouldn't like to be particularly ambitious at this time because I think, you know, obviously the, the thing in front of us now, first and foremost, we've got to stay up. Blues have got to stay up. Um, going forward, Zola, Cottrell and Redknapp all end up making proclamations that were way um, off the mark. Mm. Certainly Redknapp, um, 
you know, we're going to be finishing above Villa. We're going to be up there at the end of the season. Uh, obviously, that hasn't even come close to happening. Zola wasn't quite as uh, forthright, but it, it was clear the reason he was brought in. Even Cottrell, um, when he gave an interview, uh, I think it was on TalkSport, just around the time that he was coming in, he was saying promotion in two years, things like that. Yeah. I'm really glad Monk hasn't come in and said anything like that because mm. it's something to mark a manager against straight away. If a manager himself is coming out and saying that, you have to achieve that or you failed straight away. and you, That's the task you've set yourself. It's not a particularly wise thing to do. And, and you know, as I said, I'm glad Monk didn't come out and do that. But if Blues stay up, you'd like to see... Uh, what, what would you like to see? You'd, you'd like to see a, a striker, of course. Because mm. um, Gallagher's only on loan. I think... Yeah, obviously you'll judge them on what they do between now and the end of the year but yeah. I think you, there's, there's got to be wholesale change in the summer hasn't there there's got to be a fair few changes yeah. Monk's got to be allowed to bring his own players in whatever Absolutely. whatever really he uh, style of football and whatever he wants to kind of implement yeah. um, he's got to bring players in to suit that at the moment Blue squad if you still look at it now even last night you kind of look at it and think um, it's, it's so kind of um Sorry, I said last night, and even even against Middlesbrough in his first game, it's so kind of lopsided. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a very very strange squad, and there's not, there's not much depth to it either. No, there's not. Um, exactly, there really isn't much depth. You went through the season thinking because they've signed all these new players, there's going to be people pushing for each position, and there's going to be a bit of you know you're bringing somebody on off and off the bench and bring somebody who's, mm. who's equally as good. But they've hit, been hit obviously by a couple of injuries. Vassell has been out long term. An injury to grounds has really rocked Blues. Um, I don't think anybody would have expected to say that a year or 18 months ago that Jonathan Grounds' injury would change the season. Yeah, yeah. But it, it has, it genuinely yeah. has. He had a settled kind of way of playing and Grounds had added a bit of attack to his game. Um, and, and it's kind of disjointed Blues, but as you say, yeah. So certainly looking at the bench for his first game of charge against Middlesbrough, he brought uh, Boger on and he's brought Gallagher on. And then you look around and who else do you bring on? There's a third sub. You know, you can make a third sub, you're one nil down, you want to make a third sub. But Endoy's not going to come on and influence things going forward. Mark Roberts isn't going to. Cohen Bramall isn't really going to. Mm. There isn't another player who they who they bring on to shake things up in the middle of the park. And I think that's key. Whoever, whoever, whatever division they're in, whoever's in charge, a central midfield player who can run and who can pass and who can create things is just totally vital to Blues. They've got a fair few loan players as well, to be fair, they will go back in the summer obviously yeah. and then they can Munk can obviously shape his own squad. But what's interesting now is that obviously Viter's gone, Jeff mm-hmm. Viter's gone, the yeah. uh, former director of football, um, who's obviously scouting players and putting players to hire mm-hmm. in that last summer, uh, brought uh, obviously in Doyle from France. Yeah. Uh, and obviously now Darren Dean's no longer going to be advising them, so uh, you'd think, looking at it, I don't know what Trillian Trophy Asia would say about this, but that Monk is going to sign the players. Yeah, exactly. If he's there in the summer, it, it's you know you, you hope that this time, obviously you know Redknapp was the manager. There was so much talk about him, his reputation as a wheeler dealer and stuff, but he, he didn't quite have the input people expected him to have um, in the summer. And yeah, with with those kind of the big hitters who are reporting direct to the board, they've gone. You know, if you think that Monk will be able to identify those players, or at least his team, the team that he wants to identify, and, and he can go out and sign the players that he wants to, um, and certainly giving him a three and a half year contract. If you're going to give someone a contract like that, then let them build, let them have a go. We can't, Blues can't keep on, keep just keep going forward, sacking managers every five or six months. It doesn't yeah. get you anywhere as a football club. Let somebody build. They let Rowett build. We saw what happened. They sacked him. You know, whatever. We don't really want, want to go too much detail about that because it's been spoken about so many times. 
but just let somebody go, let somebody take the club forward, put their own ideas and really have a go. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, that brings to an end our first Blue Noise podcast. Uh, you can obviously subscribe on iTunes and uh, give us a rating uh, and a, a comment or whatever on, on social media if you wish. Uh, please, please be gentle. We're only in the early stages. Uh, so uh, thanks for listening. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks very much for listening. And thanks, Alex, for hosting. Cheers. Thanks very much.